Kurt Russell went on The View. Kurt Russell, American hero, American icon, greatest actor of all times. Everybody knows this. He is the ultimate male next to Kenny Loggins and the drunk neighbor. And I will tell you this right now. They should have made a sequel to Escape from New York. A sequel to Escape from L.A. It could have been Escape from the Views featuring Whoopi Goldberg because she wanted out. There's no answer to this man's logic. Give it to him, Kurt. Mine happens to be that uh, I think there's a very strong reason the Founding Fathers had for the Second Amendment, and that is that no, go- no government ever hasn't had to um, fight its own people, and its own people hasn't had to fight its own government. We'll lose part of the system for a while. It's a finite amount of memory. You can't use it for everything. We're going to compile for half an hour. Go ahead. All of you. We're approaching the Tyrannosaur paddock. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 135. I'm your host, Danny Belts. The glass jaw salesman. Well, Belts, that sounds like you and sales and in the ring. It does now, doesn't it? Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. I just found out is actually going to be at Jazz Fest. I'm serious. The drunk neighbor told me this. I thought he was joking me. He was not joking me. I hate Jazz Fest with everything in my being. He's going to go see the Grateful Dead and... I think he's taking my daughter to that. It's been a running joke for years. Looks like he might do it this year because Kenny Loggins is going to be at Jazz Fest. So how am I not going to go there? The only question is, do I wear clothes or not? I don't know. I am very excited about this, as you can tell. Wow, this is going to be a great show. The Drunk Neighbor is going to be in. Oh, he's got some ground to cover. Walker Howard, Walker Coward. You'll hear all about that. Coming up, Bro Exotic and Tommy Bench. Could not make it this week, so it's just going to be me and the drunk neighbor. Kind of like the old days around here. Don't have as much time as I'd like, so let's get right into it here. 86-68-1. Boy, another big week from the sports antidote. There's no way to get around it. These last five weeks have been great. The $100 better. I, I like to do this. This is what the touts do with the $100 better. But if you are $100 better... On this show, since the beginning, taking every play on this, you are up right around $1,500. That is not counting 6-2 and in plays of the year, which we just hit another one. I've never had 8 in one year. I've certainly never hit 6 out of 8. Never done it, never tried. I don't know if there's going to be another one, but last week, I mean, how do we not take Dallas in the face of what we knew exactly what Tampa Bay was And that's just a bunch of frauds. There's really no way to get around that. We'll talk about that game and some other things coming up here as I talk about the glass jaw salesman. Interesting topic. Pretty good show. So let's just get it going. What do you say? So before I recap uh, the plays and all, somebody asked me a very important question. Somebody asked me, what does a play of the year actually mean? Behind the scenes, so to speak. And I just thought, well, you idiot. Well, you don't listen to the show? And he's like, yeah, but you never actually said that. And I said, you know what? You're right. Good point. So very late in the season and after the fact, it allowed me to do that. A play of the year for me is just something I see we just cannot get away from. Uh, We can't get away from because I feel that this is one of these ones that are hidden and you can really hammer the ones in the past, most of them. The good news is they're either terrible, and that means we know it's over immediately, right? That's not a good thing per se, but 
if you're going to put a lot of money on a game and take an L, I'd rather not have it come down to a last second field goal for the rush of if it goes in or not. I'm not really doing anything for that. Uh, That's not exactly why I want to do these, but it is true. The ones that miss typically, they're just way out. The UL Monroe one this year that everyone else won that I lost would come to the one that came down to one of the final plays of the game and the total, most of everybody won that. The good news is if you're doing these, these are clipping right at about 70% over the last four years, 68 point something, 68.6, I believe. And this year going six of eight, eight is a lot to have in one year. I've never had over five, uh, but you know, when these come along, I just feel we're going to do it as, um, you know, as the day goes, we're going to do it as the crow flies. We'll go basically wherever, however many I think may pop up this case or this year, a lot more than normal. And the last one, Tampa Bay, just destroying Dallas. There was a couple guys that got really busy. Oh, whoa. I saw a couple pictures. I was told not to put any of these online and I'm not anyway, because even when we do that with big tickets, we just fall into the whole group of category of people that kind of do this, these touts, they'll do this. All these big ticket winners, we never see the losers because they never lose, right? Yeah, that's how that works. But we try to stay away from the actual dollar amount of things as I try to keep that to myself or even those close to me may know. But if you don't, I feel that these games, uh, these have a chance to, these are where the ones you should maybe look to put a little extra on. And look, mostly when these win, these are going to moonwalk. They are. You can go back and look at the last few. The only one that really didn't, the one that I keep making fun of, one would be the UL Monroe Uh, Georgia State total, which everybody won at the end but myself, and then the other uh, before that would be the UConn one, which I keep talking about because it was just hysterical. We needed them to miss two short kicks, UMass, they did, and on those two possessions, we needed UConn to somehow score two touchdowns, and they did. Um, Wow, that would not, that, (laughs) if you would have bet that live to cover the original line, you'd probably be getting somewhere around 20 to 1. Uh, So we do like to joke about the ones that happen in that regard because they're funny, uh, but mostly when these do go in, they are about as solid as they get. I'll put this up against anyone that does this professionally air quotes on that. As my record this year is, is turning into what it normally is, we're going to be over 54% again coming into the Super Bowl, which is really good. Uh, and I'm very excited about that being as where we all know, and I keep saying it, yes, we're tired of hearing about Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky and tired of hearing about the 0-8 start. Well, you know what? Get the YMCA card warmed up. There's a diving board in a pool that needs a little smelling. If that's how you feel, and there are plenty of podcasts out there, pal. Y'all know what to tell you. World needs plenty of bartenders, two weeks with pay. Let's recap the uh the the, the week that was. And I gotta tell you. <laughs> we'll just start from the beginning of this uh potential disaster. The most interesting one by far was the first one. We all saw Jacksonville playing. The Chargers, what did I say? We like this game because we don't have to say, Trevor, go win it for us. Well, how about in the beginning, we didn't say, Trevor, you don't have to go lose it for us because that is exactly what the young lesbian quarterback from Clemson tried to do. I don't know if you watched the first half. Let me tell you what happened. It couldn't have gotten any worse for Jacksonville. What, four interceptions in the first half, all resulting in points, a three-touchdown-plus deficit, which in the playoffs... You're just not going to come back from unless you're like the Chiefs or something, the Bills or just some some team that can just get this together and string touchdowns together. You really don't see this much in the playoffs. And then at halftime, Trevor Lawrence must have, uh, I don't know, converted to being straight, no longer lesbian. Maybe he got a haircut or something. I have no idea. But he came out like Superman 
in the second half, and it was unbelievable what, what happened with Jacksonville. So much going on here. You know, if you're getting the one and a half, you were pissed as Jacksonville is only down by two as it closed at two and a half, which you could have covered had they not scored again, and they did. Trevor Lawrence just being everything that Jacksonville would want in their premier high draft pick quarterback to be the future of this franchise, a guy that would go to the playoffs for the first time, looked that horrible, and then flipped the script and looked like Joe Montana in the second half. It was unbelievable. So we'll get the win there, and we'll be talking about Jacksonville against Kansas City coming up here for many reasons. Then we go to Miami, who goes to Buffalo. We're getting the Dolphins in the first half, plus seven and a half. Nobody wants to play the Bills. The Dolphins play in Florida. The Bills play in the up, upstate New York. It's going to be cold. Pro football players don't play well in the cold when they play in the sunlight all the time. Right. I, that's, a, that's a big thing. None of these guys ever played in the Big Ten or anything like that. Oh, no. They all played in domes growing up, and certainly the Dolphins are going to be in an area where it's too cold to be successful. Well, it looked like that initially. 17-0, nothing, nothing going right for the Dolphins until they score 17 straight and actually should have won that football game. The thing that really sucked is they were down eight on the last possession. Looks like they were not going to be able to score again, kicking another field goal, keeping the kicker on the field. Definitely not going to win you many games in the postseason, but they were able to get a turnover, quick score, and that would work out well for us. So that one walked. They almost won the game, covered the spread extremely. I mean, that honestly, the Dolphins should have won that game. They didn't. We go to the Giants getting the three. Looks like Minnesota got down to a quick drive. Early 7-0. That was the last time that team would ever really lead. The Giants took the lead. Never let go. Spread was never in jeopardy at any point, really. A couple times it could have got hairy, but the Giants were able to close that thing out and, and pretty much do what you need to do to win in the postseason. And that's mostly keep your kicker off the field, run the offense, and make Kirk Cousins do something stupid. And they're able to do that a couple times. So congratulations to the Giants for getting their first playoff win since God. Was it since they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots like 10 years ago? I don't even know. I can't remember the last time they were in the playoffs. Uh, but anyway, whatever. They did it. So and then we go to Dallas in the play of the year number eight. Well, that game ended the minute that Dallas's plane successfully landed in Tampa Bay. The minute there was not a plane crash was the lock for them to win because that game was over immediately. But the problem here is a place kicker, a place kicker would steal the glory away from the beating to this overrated disaster in Tampa Bay to a kicker just missed four extra points in a row. Well, this one got me thinking. Oh, the game went under by a half a point. NFL kicker missed four kicks in a row. Surely he's not in on it. Well, I don't know. What are the chances of a kicker Missing an extra point in 2022-23, a 6.1% chance he'll miss. Talked to a statistician friend of mine who basically, like a kindergartner, explained to me you would have to take the variance of missing one kick, bring that to the fourth power because it happened four times consecutively, and then add some other side of the math because percentages are calculated differently uh, in many ways, but in this way, as he explained it to me, missing four kicks in a row for a pro kicker this year would be tantamount to winning the Powerball lottery. It's almost one in like 9.6 million. Uh, there is a chance, a better chance of the rapture happening right now. JC making an encore, as I'm doing this probably then, 
a kicker missing four extra points in a month, let alone a game, let alone a half, let alone in a half four times in a row. So if I'm Jerry Jones or the general manager, I'm not letting that asshole near my team. Now, apparently they're going to keep him. I don't blame them for doing that wholly. They did sign another kicker. You're going to have to do that because you'd have to think if you go to San Francisco, and I don't know, it's fourth and three from the 32-yard line in the first quarter, you'd like to think you can trot your kicker out there to probably make this kick eight, eight, 80% of the time, but you don't even know if you can do that, being as where he can't make an extra point. I almost thought McCarthy was trolling him by sending him out there the fifth time. I was almost, I couldn't watch. But it had stolen the thunder. It really did take the storyline away from the D-block, sell, ass-raping prison style that this team took with a gag in their mouth like the gimp and then some. So I I just want to make some points real quick. I do not dislike Tom Brady. Yeah, I've always liked Tom Brady. I don't have a problem with excellence ever. I don't have a problem with champions or combining them to the degree of which this man has ran out of fingers almost to put Super Bowl rings on. No. Uh, Tom Brady is one of these guys like Kobe, Manning, Breeze, these guys that are the first one there, last to leave. Nerds. We hear about their work ethic, their work habits, and there's a reason why because these guys are psycho. And Brady is psycho. The problem I have with Brady is now it looks like he's just not used to this type of, you know, it's kind of a failure for him. And the yelling and the screaming of all the interceptions and such, no, these guys aren't in the wrong place anymore. Tom, you're just making really bad throws. Uh, You you did this in the end zone. The minute Brady threw that pick in the end zone early first quarter, I mean, you could put a fork in this one. I don't think they got down there again until the end of the game. By that time, Dallas had already pounded this team into submission. And again, the story trend kind of went over to this kicker. And kind of stole a lot of glory from the battlefield, to be honest with you, because we need to be talking about what's happening right now. I mean, when this, when I say play of the year, I was, <laughs> I don't think I've been more confident in a football game in my life. And this could have went sideways because we really don't want to calculate pro football into this. But what do you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? What has Tampa Bay showed you since they lost to the Rams in the divisional round last year because Tom Brady overthrew Gronk? 15 times in the fourth quarter. Go back and watch. The game went to overtime because the Rams tried so hard to lose. Snapping it over Stafford's head for a 62-yard loss one time. A punter kicking it nine yards. A pass interference cut. It was ridiculous, and the Bucks still couldn't win. That's with the NFL wanting the Rams to win. Clearly, for the second time. The third time. Still can't get over the pass interference call they gave them on 4th and 12 versus the Bengals, which quietly went under the Raptors as well. But the problem here is that is that people seem to think, people seem to think, and it helped me out, kept the line at bay, that Tom Brady throws on a cape at 45 and goes and beats a team that's 10 times better than them. What is Tampa better at besides kicking extra points than Dallas? Let me help you out. One, carry the, nothing. Absolutely Nothing. They played that game 20 times. This happens every single time. And heaven forbid they actually know they can kick a field goal. Dak Prescott is way better than people think. I was wrong about Dak. All right? And I met him a long time ago at a zoo, for crying out loud, in Hattiesburg. And the drunk neighbor, I have a funny story about that one too, regarding a hyena. But the, the, the problem here, and he's a huge man, by the way. I couldn't believe, way bigger than you'd think as far as like muscle-wise. And this is right after he left state. 
But the thing is, is that, you know, this guy, clearly when he's healthy, you can win a Super Bowl with him. I don't understand why people are thinking he's on some other level. Look, if you put, you know, we know the guys, right? Like, in no order, Burrow, Mahomes, Allen. All right, those guys clearly are somewhere over here, right? I mean, this is the elite of the NFL. You know, this was the Breeze, Manning, Brady, you know, Rodgers. And then, of course, after that, there's this high second tier. You know, Matt Stafford's been on that middle to second tier. You think you're going to tell me with a straight face that Matt Stafford's better than Dak Prescott? Matt Stafford has never been better than Dak Prescott, ever. I, I, I'll die on that hill. So before we go jerk off Matt Stafford again, who's back to his old ways of doing stupid shit and throwing ridiculous interceptions like he did his entire career in Detroit and at Georgia, we seem to forget. He's good. He's a good quarterback. But don't tell me that he's on some other level. So if you don't think that the Dallas Cowboys, remember Dak Prescott, but you had a lot of faith in this asshole, this woke idiot with the dumbest face on the planet in Matt Stafford, then don't tell me that Dak Prescott can't win with Dallas. They probably have the best defense in the NFL, not just statistically, but situationally. It seems to me they keep getting sacks when it's third and 11 while they drop seven. It seems to me that they have enough good receivers. The drunk neighbor was all over C.D. Lamb. In the beginning, no one else seemed to like him except for the, I mean, he was still a first rounder. People were like, I don't know about him. The drug neighbor was like, what are people drunk? I'm like, I don't know. They must be because CeeDee Lamb is really good at football. And I'll go ahead and exchange the air farts, the brain farts he has for the ludicrous amount of talent that he puts forth on the field. They clearly can run the football. They have a great offensive line. I don't know what everyone seems to think that Dallas is the, I mean, like the past always predicts the future with a, with a team. So it didn't look like that when the Saints got to the playoffs for the first time with Drew Brees, or maybe not the second one. We'll talk about that when it comes to playoff experience. But it just gets me, it's crazy to hear these talking heads talk about things you just watched, and then you're just like, well, I didn't see that. No, I didn't see that. I didn't see Brady stink the place up, and I didn't see Dak run a train on Tampa. No, that's not what I saw. Selective memory syndrome continues. I talk about sales a good bit on here. Sometimes maybe not enough, sometimes too much. But there's a lot of people listening that are in that profession from entry level to senior level and even middle management. And there is one director that I met in my travels that listens every week. So I'm sure they like it when I do this. However, there's a lot of people that listen to that are not in sales. So I try to make sure that when I do this, it's palatable to both sides, but also comprehensible to what I'm actually trying to discuss. I think I normally am successful at that for all the things I am not successful at, but I think today will be along those lines as well. I feel I've thought this out and kind of tune this to where we'll all kind of get it. The glass jaw salesman. What's a glass jaw? It's exactly what it sounds like. It means you get punched and your jaw breaks, you go down. It means you can't take a punch. I know a lot about that because I can't. It's pretty sad. Uh, if you get me, it's over. Uh, <laughs> some funny examples there. But it's so hard typically to do this to, a, let's say, a professional fighter, somebody that really fights, right? And then that kind of gets overshadowed by some things as well. You know, I hear people talk about Floyd Mayweather sometimes, and I have to just leave the room. I, I can't engage in some of these arguments I hear about how, well, he didn't really fight. Well, you know, the time, well, the style of fight. Yeah, well, guess what? He's a professional fighter, and you know what he doesn't do? Doesn't get hit. So let's just start right there, okay? It is one of the hardest things to do. And it's for the last 20 years, 
is to punch this man in the face in a sport where you're trained to punch people in the face. I'm making this as simple as I can. And a sport where you're trained to make it difficult to punch you in the face. You can't seem to punch him and he seems to punch you until he gets bored. So I think he is the greatest fighter ever. And this comes from a guy that's been watching boxing, most of the fights from before I was born, and love boxing, love watching it. But Mayweather is ridiculous because you just can't punch him. And that is way more difficult to achieve than, than what I'm saying. Especially when people are paid to do that and they still can't. And Mayweather's ability to do this, even if he did or didn't have a glass jaw, we don't know. Because it's almost impossible to hit him. The one time he went down was because he broke his hand in 2001 and basically stayed on the mat because his hand did not work. I guess I'll give him a pass for that. But all in all, you'll see this a lot when it comes to other professions as far as when you get punched, not can you get back up, but what's the damage What's the damage professionally when something like this happens? Now, I've heard a lot of people say about sales, I could do that, and you probably could. Who's saying you can't? It's really not that difficult. I like to compare it to this. People say, what's the hardest thing to do professionally as far as like the hardest job to get, right? Like the Supreme Court, I imagine, pretty difficult, right? Uh, Professional sports in this country is extremely difficult, like in most countries. But let's take the big four, you know, hockey, baseball, basketball, football. It is wildly difficult to play college sports. It is even more unbelievably difficult to play Division I sports. And then on that, to get a Division I scholarship in one of the sports I mentioned, particularly basketball and football, is very difficult. So obviously playing professional sports in this country 20,000 times more difficult than that. However, people look at this incorrectly. Getting to play professional sports isn't the hardest thing to do, as difficult as that is. Staying in professional sports is way harder. And that is something that most people do not talk about. There is a carousel of people in all sports in this country that will get their shot. And unfortunately, it will not It won't come to fruition for them, unfortunately. And then you have a whole new slate of people, right? Last I checked, we didn't delay the draft because of a lack of talent coming in or out. We're going to have it. People are going, people are coming. That's how it goes. Keeping your job in pro sports is way harder than getting one. And the same would apply to anyone that is in a professional sales role, particularly mine. Now, I need to qualify this again. We've talked about this. There are so many different forms of sales. It's just, it's crazy. So in mine, new business development, a hunter, basically compensated on new business, this is what I'm talking about here. It is not that difficult to do for a year or two. Way harder to do it and stay in it. And that's the problem that most people just don't really understand. Now, I was a guy that I worked with once who was in finance and saw all the checks he was processing, he was in accounting, saw all the checks he was processing for the salespeople and the differential in pay between him and the salespeople and just said, enough of this, I can do this. Oh, of course, he was really good at what he did in accounting. They didn't just let him go overnight. He was a really good employee, but he proved to be that he may be more valuable on the other side than the one he was on, so they gave him this chance. Now, They told him, we're going to fill your position. In other words, 
there ain't no going back. And he understood that. And in this case, it worked out. As a matter of fact, two years after his first year there, he almost won salesperson of the year. And the, the uh, whatever company I was with, I've talked about the three that I've been with, or four really, but it doesn't matter which one. But he was, he was very successful in that. And that right there is a unicorn. You're not going to see that too often. You will have people that can get in there and maybe do this. You can get there, but can you stay here? That is the problem. And I'll put my money on, unfortunately, no every single time. And if you give me 20 of those scenarios, I'll probably win all of them or a minimum of nine because that's kind of what's going to happen. Because in order to be in sales of all the attributes that you need, and there are many, I don't even know where to begin on that and won't even try, but the one that doesn't really seem to get talked about most might be the most important and that's your chin. That is your chest. Can you take it when it gets bad? And when it gets bad, how do you react? Of the misperceptions of sales, you'll often hear, oh, I can sell anything to anyone. That's a red flag to me. Uh, I'll hear stuff like, oh, I'm a people person. Well, okay. I actually knew I worked with an introvert. He was an introvert and he was phenomenal. He was unbelievable. So the whole gift of gab that only goes so far. This isn't exactly knocking on doors, selling security systems. I'm not taking anything away from door-to-door sales. That is wildly difficult. What I'm saying is that different skill set, it doesn't really translate over to the normal consensus of what people would say you would need to be successful in uh, this particular sector uh, of sales in which I speak of. Bandwidth, to me, is a, that's a big deal. Strength and resolve. You really don't hear these things talked about, particularly the latter resolve. What are you going to do and how are you going to do it when things are not looking up? Again, you had a good couple years. That's great. What have you done for me lately? Professional sports. Look, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that kicker from Dallas. Let's take you back a few years. Garrett Hartley. Probably don't even know who that is. Saints fans do. He was the kicker the year we won the Super Bowl. And without him, we probably don't get there. As this guy did not miss a kick for like ever. Particularly in that Super Bowl. I don't think he missed a kick. And if he did, he missed one. And then he hit a bunch of 50-something yarders in the Super Bowl. He hit a bomb in the NFC Championship to win the game versus the Vikings. And the next year, he was doing pretty well. And then he started to not make kicks anymore. And he found himself to be unemployed only a year and a half later. Unemployed by no NFL team. Kicker's pretty rough, right? What have you done for me lately? You could be the best kicker ever. And you miss four extra points in a row. Stop the tape. Because something's wrong. Now, when it comes to sales and what I want to speak of here... I hear a lot of the experience things too. You know how I feel about experience. You could be doing something the wrong way for 20 years. And let's kind of cross, let's cross populate the topics between this. Yeah, I'll go back and forth for a minute before I get really in the groove here. They have no playoff experience. Okay, I'll buy that for a second. I'll buy that in Major League Baseball with a pitcher. We've clearly seen that somehow, for some reason, certain pitchers that have not been in the postseason, that have been very good, they'll get in the postseason, and then they're just not that good. I don't know how that is. I don't know how that works. I'm not speaking of the obvious one, be Clayton Kershaw, but he's kind of a Hall of Famer on one side. So I'm talking about some other guys that will come in, they just don't do well in the postseason when they finally get there. You'll see that in basketball, most of it because it's a series. And the problem with the series is with a team, the, an underdog, the better team's going to win a series the majority of the time, right? So that, that kind of sucks. But in football, there is no series. It's just one and done. So I've heard that 
Playoff experience. That's interesting. Okay, well, how much playoff experience did the New Orleans Saints have with that nucleus before they won a Super Bowl? Let's look. Well, they went to the playoffs the first year, right? They played the Eagles at home and beat them again for the 15th millionth time, just ending that trash city's run. We've done it several times. Hey, the only road playoff Saints win ever is in Philadelphia, ending their trash thing again with Nick Foles. And then we did that again with Foles when he came back to the Superdome and we beat them again. I love ending their season. It's orgasmic. I have to change my shorts. So the Saints had two playoff wins because they lost to the Bears after that in the NFC Championship and then didn't go to the playoffs for two years as they went 7-9. and nine. Peyton kind of getting on the hot seat here of what have you done for me lately. Two playoff wins in three years, nothing you want to hang your hat on. So the Saints got into the playoffs, beat the Arizona Cardinals by 50, then beat the Vikings, then won the Super Bowl. So they really didn't have any playoff experience before that at all, and it didn't matter. When I hear playoff experience in the NFL, you can kiss my grits. Because none of that shit matters if you really want to get down to it. It's not quantifiable by statistics, only by overzealous opinions that lead you nowhere. The Jacksonville Jaguars don't have much playoff experience with Trevor Lawrence. They're undefeated. See what I did there? Now they're going to play one of the best teams ever, probably. Uh, Yeah, they are. And we're going to play them in a place where they don't lose that often. We'll talk about that. So clearly when I hear experience, I could go two different ways. But there was a guy that I worked with on the operations side. Now, let me be very clear. There are plenty of operations people that are hybrids and can do both. Tommy Bench can do both. He can. I have heard him run through a couple presentations with me that he was going to have to deliver because the salesperson either sucked or he was <laughs> he thought they were better off with him doing it, which leads me to a whole other line of questioning. But let's not go there. He gave that to me. I had a couple of critiques. It was excellent. It was excellent. Did not sound like an ops guy. He sounded like a sales guy that understood operations. So he clearly could do that, but not many can. And there was an operations guy at a company I worked with that had a massive ego, and rightfully so. He's a genius. He also saw what other people were making on the other side and said, I can do that. I knew he could. I knew he could make the team. Can you stay on the team? Hmm. Well, I could go on here forever. I'll try to be short, but the prevalent points need to be hit, and so they will be. First year, he performed well. I'm skipping the whole fiasco it took for him to get out of the ops team to the sales team. It was a fiasco, but he won that war. So anyway, and I was happy to have him. And he was on my team in my region. I like him. I'm still friends with him. He's a good dude. I have no problem with excellence and arrogance and championship. I have no problem with any of that. I think it's great. If I was Tom Brady, I'd be arrogant as shit too, wouldn't you? Shit, I mean, hell yeah. I just don't know if I throw tablets at people and blame people for not running the wrong route when clearly I just can't do what I used to do. But even then, I, I don't know what it's like to win 57 Super Bowls and go to the playoffs for 100 straight years. You know, I don't know anything about that or marry a supermodel or be really tall and good looking and be rich. Actually, I know a lot about that if you just... <laughs> I made that bad joke last week. It's better when the person I'm saying that is black, actually. So I can say better, smarter, good-looking, blacker. For some reason, that that gets a couple more laughs than not as white. (laughs) Let me get a sip of water here. Oh, excuse me. In any event, you could tell this guy was going to be pretty dangerous and pretty good early on. 
Because he did know the ins and outs, the intricacies of the operations side. One thing he'll never do is overpromise and underdeliver because he's part of the group that used to have to have salespeople overpromise so operations could underdeliver, but only because promises were made that were just ludicrous and could not be kept because they were impossible. If you really want to piss off your ops team, go tell the customer, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Then throw your ops team under the bus. See how that works out. I, we, I can't stand people that do that shit, by the way. It did. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It gives most of us a bad name. And uh, or the guys that actually appreciate the other side, I don't see that at all with the job I have now. Thank God, because people are on the same page. But boy, did I see a lot of that earlier, particularly with the restaurant company. Anyway, so... In this instance, this guy got through his first year, learned a lot really quick, and in his second year broke records. And when I mean broke records, I mean shattered records. He was salesperson of the year in a runaway freight train. It wasn't even close. As a matter of fact, I don't think anyone will beat what he did that year. What this guy was able to do was able to do exactly what every salesperson would want to do in an ideal situation, but it all worked out. What you want to do, what I try to do, is to have five major, major opportunities that I have qualified and I can win these every year. Five. These are the big ones. We're going to spend a lot of time with these. But while you're working these big ones, you have to have a bunch of small ones. They keep your metrics going for maybe new ship twos or new business or however you're graded. Plus, you're going to get paid on these too. So, you know, a little doesn't really matter too much. But when you have a lot of a little, well, that's going to add up to something. And then you want to have what I call these mid-tier opportunities. And you can quantify those however you want. My point is you want to have some big ones, some small ones, and a few in between. So you're working those equally. So you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Because when that happens, as you'll see in one second, you're going to have to fall on that resolve part of the sales metal you need to have to keep that unglassed chin or your potential glass chin away from striking distance. Because if this all goes down at once and you don't have some of the qualities I spoke of, you might not and probably won't. And in this case, did not get back up, unfortunately. So after a year like that, you know, this guy's third year was all paved out and he was going over it at one of our business meetings extremely well, uh, unbelievable agenda. You know, I gotta be, I'll just tell you, this dude is just really good. And I I say that he's not a top five salesperson I've ever met, but it's what, it's like the, it's like the Tim Lincecum, right? Like those two years, Lincecum was great. He was one of the best I've ever seen. We've talked about Timmy Jam Jam, but unfortunately after that, it was not, but let's not remember, you know, his lack of greatness because these bad years, because when the dude was on Lincecum, you could, man, if you owed Moose and Rocco 900 bucks on Monday, find out what the money line was for the Giants. If he's at home, calculate that as such, lay it down, you're probably going to win. And in this case, it looked like the same thing. This, this year was boom. He had all his targets laid out. It was beautiful. Even the way he put this up there, the way he could speak to it, the confidence behind it. He had qualified all these, pre-qualified these, and then some. And clearly this guy was in for a monster year, a monster year. He was probably the odds-on favorite. He was probably minus 250. I mean, a one and a half to a a one to two and a half favorite to not win this award again. But what happened was, is he was derailed early. You have to be prepared for this. Because sometimes these big opportunities you have lined up, things are going to happen outside of your power. Hopefully, um, you sleep a little better when it's not all on you. 
But this is exactly what happened in, in this situation. Two of the big opportunities just fell through. One of the companies was acquired by a massive customer of the competition and immediately went the other way. Didn't even have a shot. And the other one, his decision maker, the CEO who he had sold and wanted to do this, we're about to roll this program out, was fired. Was fired for basically having sex with interns. Can't make this up. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I got to be careful. <laughs> I didn't say any company. Who cares? That's pretty much what happened. So he didn't really get fired, excuse me, as much as he just kind of left. You know, down here, one of my customers in the restaurants was John Besh. I had finally got into the John Besh empire. He's a pretty big regional celebrity chef. And John Besh, a really, you know, great chef, very accredited. His restaurants were booming all over the place. And all of a sudden, he's out. And then we find out that there was some extra curricular activities. And then we find out he didn't really put up much of a fight at the end, which means that he knew he was in the wrong Took his money, left, and then they changed all the names the next day. But in this case, you know, this is kind of what happened there. So two things that really he had nothing to do with derailed his big opportunities early on, but that's okay. He still had a very healthy pipeline of other things. You might not win salesperson of the year. You might not break a bunch of records. You're still going to be well over plan, make a lot of money, so you'd think. But boy, it just kept on happening. It kept on happening to the point where the emphasis had to be focused on the real thing. Is this all outside or is this happening within you? Any manager would have to ask these questions. If you're going to be real, have a come to Jesus, open up the Bible, my friend, let's pray because we're going to find out what's going on. And they found out a lot. There was a lot of things he was doing in his scampering around to recover that you do not want to do. We don't have time to get into that, but we will in March. I believe you may. It's called the Bad Comeback Plan. Keep that one circled. It's going to be a good one. But in any, in any event here, what he had done was resorted to some tactics that a rookie would do. Some tactics that a manager on top of him could have corrected perhaps if they know this was happening. But when a guy's numbers are so good in one direction, there are certain things you as a manager are going to overlook and this happened. And in the midst of the recoiling and trying to get things back together... A guy that had a very solid jaw, turned to glass nearly overnight, and was hit directly in the mouth and resigned. Resigned. He did not get anywhere near where he needed to be. He did not understand what it's like to play from behind. He only knew what it was like to play with a lead. And because he did not have that resilience and experience in this particular department, something that cannot be taught, he failed. And I do not say that with any type of glimmer or smile on my face. I did not want to see this. I had a talk with him before it all went down. He was going to hand in his resignation because he was put on a PIP. If you don't know what that is, that is an acronym no salesperson wants to hear. That stands for Performance Improvement Plan nearly in any sales company in any category across the country. I don't care. You know what that is. And you know when people get put on them, it's only a matter of time. So rather than be executed, he decided to basically do it himself. That was a very bad example, but I think you know what I meant. He's still alive, obviously. Yeah, that was a very poor choice, but I could have done that. Anyway, so what I'm trying to just describe to you here is that he decided he was going to leave. 
And the reason why this all happened, the reason why this all happened, not nearly is all his fault, and it's not really on management's fault. How the fuck are they going to know either or? How is he going to know any better when he's always played from ahead? How are they going to know better when all they know this kid is up by five touchdowns at halftime? How are you going to reverse engineer this to find out where you should be? You can't. And then in between, you just have a terrible plague of unluck, un things that are happening, unlucky events. And not knowing how to flip the script on that made his sales career very short as he went back to operations now with a very prominent company. And he is doing extremely well and I'm happy for him. But he got a taste of what it looks like when you fall behind in a career where no one gives a shit what you did last year. And they can't. There is no what have you done for me lately other than place kicker in the NFL, a hunter business sales, new business. It's right there. And they'll find someone that can if you can, unfortunately. And that's just the way of the world. But this guy had a sales. He had the glass jaw. But you wouldn't know it until it was time to fight. And that's what people don't understand. What they don't understand about this profession is the resilience some of us have and their ability to do this even in the wake of just tons of off-the-field stuff. I never talk about me being good hardly at anything on this show, and I won't start right now, but most of you know my story. I missed January. That is a, a tough month to miss. Now, where, I, where I'm looking at things here, the way our sales process and sales cycle is, mm, and the end of Q3, beginning of Q4, you're already setting up Q1 the next year, or you will not be successful. And what we do here, missing January is not helping anything. And then coming back after something like that, God knows what to think. Who even knows what my company thought? Who knows? Luckily, I've been here before. And luckily... I have the metal and the resilience of all the things I don't have. I have this. And although I have a glass jaw in a boxing ring and in a bar fight, I do not have that in this profession. It's about as solid as you can fucking get, full stop, period. I'll end it at that when it comes to what I can do here. But clearly, I have that. And I have that, unfortunately through the culmination of bad times in which you're able to strengthen yourself where you need to be. This is the only profession in which this really applies. And every single year that you're successful, your number the next year doesn't go down. It doesn't become lateral. It goes up. You have to continue to perform to get that new contract or you won't get one. The world needs plenty of bartenders. Nothing wrong with that profession. Did it for years but you don't have that weight on your shoulder. So yeah, you're in accounting, you're in ops, you're in HR, and you see the sales guys making a lot of money. You know what it's like to go to sleep at night, worried about not the next day, but the next year, worried about a huge number coming your way where all these opportunities have to pan out, able to work internally with coworkers while you communicate the company message and execute the company strategy externally to execute that strategy externally to keep this thing going. Week by week, month by month, year by year, quarter after quarter after quarter. For decades, people do this. You want to talk about pressure? Well, we know how to handle it. It's a shame 
We don't have the same translation nearly when it comes to professional sports or when it comes to experience in these departments. Oh, it might fall on deaf ears to me. And the glass jaw in the NFL playoffs looks the same to me as some. Well, I can do that. Can you? Well, you don't really know until you have to do it. Now, do you? Well, Belts, that was all over the place. Was it? No, I don't think it was. Maybe you have to listen to this one twice. Maybe not once at all. I don't know. Maybe you just skipped through the whole thing to get to the end. I have no idea. But what I do know is in this profession, if you have a glass jaw, you'll find that hook, unfortunately, soon enough. And the only way to make sure that you are not in this position is at some point to have failed and got up from that, grown your metal and strength from there, expanded the bandwidth and the resolve on how to deal with these times. You know, you're, you're a father out there, man. Now you're fucking up right now. Well, let's say things are going right in the house with the wife. This is kind of trickling down to the kids. We just moved. We just changed jobs. We've done these things. These things that build up a ton of pressure and you justify your actions by doing certain things and you kind of think that's the right thing to do at the time. Maybe it is, maybe it is. I'm the last person past judgment to give advice on this show. I'll tell you that. But I know one thing. If you haven't been there before, you might do something really stupid. I don't know. I, I can't say what you will or won't do. But what I can say is a grounded person, which I'm trying to be, finally, to look back and see these mistakes you've done and repeat them is almost, God, it's unbelievable. It happens so much. And we see it in pro sports. And we see it professionally every day. I see it. The only problem is you don't see what happens in people's house because it's none of your goddamn business, right? But boy, these guys know what I'm talking about. There's no, there's no room for a glass jaw husband. And a father. No, I did that too long. And I definitely don't have time for that. You don't either. Oh, Belts is going to go tell us about life. No, I'm not. But there's a direct corollary. If you don't see it, I don't know what to tell you. I'm looking at it right now. I can see it. It's tangible. I can touch it. I can feel it. The same way I can professionally. In the same way when I look at the NFL playoffs. Kind of a backdoor segue. Oh, I'm going to have some fun with this one. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at The Sports Antidote. Reach out and touch a brother and tell somebody about The Sports Antidote today. You bunch of trash. So before we get into these picks here, just remember, you're in sales and you haven't had that happen yet. It's coming. It's, it, it's inevitable. But the question is, what are you going to do when that happens? You're going to resign? You're going to get put on a pip? You're going to find your way out of that maze? Well, the choice is yours. It's been my choice several times, and I'm still fucking standing, and I ain't going anywhere. Oh, let me tell you something else, too. There's a guy on this podcast that could probably do a whole bit on this, and that is the drunk neighbor. You should hear what this dude had to endure leaving a job he's been at for a long time to go to the to kind of go over to here to the greener grass with a way larger, way more notable company, basically the, 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 the player in the game that he's in, to go over here and then right during the pandemic to watch everyone basically get fired except for him because he was able to execute in an atmosphere where success was almost impossible. So he was able to do that. I see it. Not everybody has this. 
But the ones that do, God, thank God they do, because without it, I'm not sure what would what. I'm not sure what would happen. Maybe one day he'll get in here and talk about that without mentioning company names. But that actually, his story would probably be even better than anything that I've said today because it was an unbelievable thing to witness. You want to talk about last man standing? I've never seen anything quite like this. But once again, the young man proves to not have the glass jaw, especially in the professional world. And speaking of the professional world, when we talk about the NFL playoffs... Let me just tell you, you know, this is the man's game really now when it comes to gambling, because there really isn't anything that comes down to the half points. Most of these lines will really not play now at all. The dog's going to win outright or the favorite's just going to go ahead and cover. When I say the man's game, it's because that's how it's put forth. When I hear the touts talk about betting the NFL playoffs and so many things are overlooked, people all want to say and agree that trends will continue into the playoffs like things are just the same. They're not. There's a lot more at stake. And then that whole, oh, your playoff experience. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Playoff experience, much like political experience to me. Really, I could care less about. Uh, right now, Trevor Lawrence is the greatest quarterback of all times, right? He's won, he's undefeated. The man does not know loss in the postseason. Ooh, he certainly does in college, though. His last game was versus LSU, and they got, ooh, up in that ass. But that wasn't really his fault as LSU was running a train on way better teams in the SEC before they got to play these two exhibition games in the playoffs against Oklahoma and then Clemson. That's kind of what it was. But anyway, when you go to Tuscaloosa and start laying 70, yeah, give me a call. Anyway, somehow the drunk neighbor was not even drinking during that November 8th. <laughs> wrong month to be sober. Or maybe a good one. I don't know. I know a lot about that now. Anyway, we <laughs> just can't help it, can you? But I just can't. I don't know, man. Too much coffee for me, I guess. But when it comes to the NFL playoffs, I feel that people look at this all incorrectly. Look, we ran the table last week. We got a little lucky. We got a little lucky. Oh, we had two ridiculous comebacks. Miami in an improbable spot, and then kind of Jacksonville in a spot that you would never have thought. San Diego's coach keeping the kicker on the field and not running the offense. Another guy that could benefit from listening to my podcast. Kick that kicker off the field, and we're just running the offense. Do not stop keeping the kicker off the field and do not stop running the offense. Yes, it's good to kick field goals at the end of the game to win, of course, but when it's fourth and inches like the Giants, what are we going to kick a 17-yard field goal? No, we're getting my 230-pound quarterback and Saquon Barkley, the missing link behind him, and we're going to pick up two feet. And they did. And they'll do it every time. It's a, like the drunk neighbor loves nothing more than the fourth and inches Shotgun RPO look. Oh, he's a huge fan. <laughs> no, so am I. <laughs> anyway, looking at these games, I feel, brings forth a lot of, not just kind of, I won't call it anxiety, but it, I feel it brings on a lot of things that don't need to be looked at. There's a lot of ways I could go here. Sometimes I feel the most simple solution is the worst, but sometimes maybe not. Last week, certainly going opposite on a lot of these was one, as you know or didn't know. Every game went over. And nearly every dog covered. I have never seen that in my life. And people are kind of going on the same length of that this week. Only one game went under. That was the Tampa game by a half. Only San Francisco, the only dog that really covered. Everybody else just won outright and or covered. That's extremely rare. So I guess now we're going to be taking all the favorites. And the no, not really. And there's a lot of games that we're going to have to keep a close watch because we'll probably get a better line. So why would we want to lessen that now? Right by getting on the record and then not getting a good line, we want to do that. There is one I don't think is getting any better, 
We'll be talking about that one, as well as some general looks that I have in all four games, one being just ever so interesting, really playing the Giants over here, and you know, the Giants lost to this team twice, they're probably going to lose three times, it's tough to beat a team three times, oh yes, let's take a look at Philadelphia NYG. This team's played twice this year, right? Remember the last one, week 18 there? Giants had nothing to play for. They didn't really play anybody of consequence. A quarterback I haven't seen in six years since his last start in college football, whose name I do not read. Do not repeat because he lost me so much money one game. But the Giants didn't really play anybody. Philly needed to win. Hurts is in the game. He looked okay, I guess. The first time they played, Philadelphia went into New York and ran a train on this team. I think they're still scoring. I believe they beat him like 48 to 22 or something. Got to keep that in mind here uh, because a lot can happen here. Particularly, it looked like Murphy's Law for the New York Giants in the first game. Look, Daniel Jones is a lot better than I think people think he is. And now that he's finally getting some protection and Saquon Barkley's not hurt, and this kid's pretty spry. He can run. He has a cannon kind of coming into himself. What is the play in this game? Belts, there are so many you want to choose from here. I know. Philadelphia, the 7.5 point favorite, 48.5. The Philadelphia Eagles have gone over every single first half on their team total, I believe, except once. Every single game this year. And these games have gone over in the first half. The Philadelphia Eagles slowing down the scoring because most of the games they've been in are complete blowouts. I do not see this one here. But I'm not about to jump on a public dog like the New York Giants. And make no mistake, they're a public dog. 62% of the tickets coming to the Giants? That would scare me if I were you looking at the Giants. I think we bucked the trend early, right in the mouth, to something you would not try to do on a glass jaw bet, such as a first half under in Philadelphia, New York. You will not hear one person who might be dumb enough or stupid enough or crazy enough to say, I like the first half under in the Eagles-Giants game. It goes against all that is probably logical, and that is a big reason why I like it here. You're not going to see this game plan. What happened when the Giants played the Eagles the first time at home? Early turnovers and busted coverage led to a 21-point lead before you cracked your second beer. You ain't going to see that this time. I think a lot more ball control from the Giants. Who can do this now, especially after what they just did last week? They've proven they can win a game by holding on to that football and getting the other team off the field when they need and make no mistake. I feel they're doing that. I have no idea who's winning this game. I don't care who's winning this first game. On the record, I'll take the Giants-Eagles first half under 24 and a half. I think it goes out. First of all, I saw it was at 25 and a half at one point. Then at 24 at some places. 24 and a half is a very significant number. It'll be the difference between that, you know, 14, that 24, or that 17-7, the 14-10. The difference between a, a push and a loss, or a win, excuse me. So we definitely want to get that hook. I see 24 and a half, minus 110, just about everywhere now. So on the record, give me the Eagles Giants under 24 and a half in the first round of this playoffs in the first half. Let's take this on to San Francisco, Dallas. Ah, I love the Cowboys. I think they're the best team in the NFL. I said that. I'll say it again. I think they're the best team in the NFL. But that does not mean they're going to go to San Francisco, who might be the second to best team in the NFL right now. The only team to give this team a game since they got McCaffrey, is the stupid team in New Orleans. 
That's the only teams. They just blasted everybody. They have just ridiculous amount of firepower. And then you have Purdy. You got a Purdy mouth, boy. I can't believe this guy is doing what he's doing. Well, believe it because he's doing it. And they are loaded. The best defensive team nearly. These are the two best teams almost the NFL playing right here. I know the Bills and the Chiefs and the NFC sucks. Well, guess what? I think the Niners and I think the Cowboys are both better than the Chiefs and the Bills. That's right. I said that. And if one of them plays one of those two teams in the Super Bowl, I'll be taking one of them blind. Save my address. You're going to cut a check to me. You can Venmo me or just send me a snail mail check. Either one you want, I don't care. I said what I said because I believe it. But it's tough for me to bet this game because, once again, I don't know if Dallas can kick a field goal, much less an extra point. Opens up at four, goes down to three, now up to three and a half. That seems about right to me. Kind of tough to say what we're going to do here. But we're probably taking the first half under in this game again and for a lot of reasons. But we can't do that yet because that thing is all over the place. So I'm gearing toward the under in this first half. That'll be an Instagram play. Stick around for that one. Let's take it over to Cincinnati and Buffalo. I'm telling you right now. Look, there can't be any more weirdness happening in this game from the location and the time they're playing it. What happened the first time these teams played a couple weeks ago. The over-under sits at 48 and a half. I don't see anyone over here looking to bet the under. All the tickets are coming in on the over. Why is it going the other way? A popular under in the playoffs? <laughs> okay, I don't know about that. It's not a popular under. We think of this game, we think of the quarterbacks, the offensive firepower, and forget these defenses, particularly these secondaries, are pretty damn good. Joe Burrow, I believe, is 23-2. and two. In his last five games, ATS, I sent people that chart. It's ridiculous. So hard to bet against that kid in college and then especially in pro football. The man's a cover machine. He's a winner. He's a champion. Will be a champion in this league soon, hopefully. However, this is another Instagram play because there's a lot going on here we don't know about yet. And there's a couple of people I want to talk to that still have a hung jury on this one. We are Instagram playing that. I am looking at the game under 48 and a half. And if I can get that up to 49 and a half or 50 for cheap, which it looks like I can, I'll probably be doing that. So on the record, Giants, first half with the Eagles under 24 and a half. San Francisco, Dallas, first half under, looking on the Instagram play for that. Cincinnati, Buffalo, game under. These are all nothing anyone's looking forward to betting, trust me. So they're probably all winners. The same in Cincinnati, Buffalo, which brings us to the big one. The Kansas City Chiefs. At home versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, certainly Jacksonville blew their wad at home. For the biggest postseason comeback in a half in the history of mankind. Certainly the lesbian quarterback that's no longer lesbian is going to go in there and lay an egg. Well, I can tell you this. I saw the Bengals do that last year, come back and win. I don't know, but this line does tell me a lot. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the lowest-rated team in the playoffs by every caliber statistically possible. And the odds makers open them up as 8.5. I don't see that line moving too much. I talk about this a lot. Take this down and write it down. I talk about I don't bet a dog unless I think they can win. You cannot, cannot ever bet an underdog in the NFL playoffs unless you see them going in there and winning. If you're taking Jacksonville, you have to think they can win. And I do think they can win because I think they are going to win. Oh, I can't believe it. Being contrarian, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, I think this is going a certain way. Give me Jacksonville getting the eight and a half. But to take that now would be stupid 
because it might even get higher to 10 with the amount of tickets coming in on Kansas City. How long can this stay at bay at eight and a half? I have no idea, but we're going to find out the old-fashioned way. There's a good chance I'll be taking them in the first half as well, plus five and a half. Definitely in the game, getting the eight and a half. That's the least I get. We'll take it. So, off the record again, I can't put it on here yet. Chiefs, Jacksonville, definitely plus the eight and a half. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. On the record. Yeah, you know what? Give me, the, give me Jacksonville plus the five and a half in the first half right now. And I'll save the eight and a half to see where that thing goes. So, I know this has been long. Once again, on the record, Chiefs, Jacksonville, give me the Jaguars first half. Plus five and a half. Philly, New York, first half under 24 and a half. And we're waiting on Cincinnati, Buffalo, and San Francisco, and Dallas. Boy, I tell you what, man. Sometimes I get to yelling. I get to screaming on something I'm passionate about. And I can go long, and I can go around in circles. But I hope this one made sense. It was a lot, maybe. But you know what? I enjoyed it, and usually I don't. Usually I think I'm horrible up here, and sometimes I am. I hear all about it when I am. Trust me. (laughs) It's like I don't hear from anyone when I'm winning, only when I'm losing. So I haven't talked to many people in a few weeks. It's great. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us at The Sports Antidote. Reach out, touch your brother, and tell somebody about The Sports Antidote today. Has anybody seen The Drunk Neighbor? Yes, cracking a cold one here is the drunk neighbor. And he has had serious head of steam with some recent developments with the transfer portal and such. So why don't you go ahead and just lead us off here. Take us away. Well, never bet against Brady. Just remember that, especially Brady in the playoffs. Never bet against him. You can't do that. Just wanted to talk, and that, and that's talking NFL from the drunk neighbor real quick. So <laughs> never bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's all I heard. I hung around a bunch of white trash on Friday night that were like, yeah, man, I'm putting all my money on Brady. I said, yeah, you should do that. You know what? Where is your 401k? Put that on it, too. <laughs> Roll it over. I mean, let's Idiots. Just, so yeah. anyways, that team stunk all year. They were Mark Ingram running out of bounds away from not even making the playoffs. So, you know, that's they, they, I hope you did bet on them, and I hope you're broke. I hope you went up against Danny Belts on that one, and I hope you, oh. you die broke. Now, speaking of hoping I die broke, <laughs> hoping they die broke. Here comes the transition of the century. Walker Coward, or Crawler Howard, however we want to call him, you can just refer to him as Tiger Bait now, that son of a bitch. Well, tell the Anadotians what, what exactly happened, because I don't think they made them, and I know. So, Crawler Howard, former <laughs> four-star, five-star that came to LSU, at, son of Jamie Howard, uh, former quarterback of LSU and is no longer welcome in Baton Rouge as far as I'm concerned, uh, has decided to take his talents to Oxford, Mississippi. Woo! Going north. Because he decided that he never wants to ever go to Atlanta ever again. He decided that he never wants to ever play in a meaningful game because, as we all know, Lane Kiffin has never won a game that was meaningful at all. Nope. Uh, what is the big win on Lane Kiffin's resume? I can't find it. He decided that he wants to, I don't know, maybe be, you know, see his coach in the coaching carousel come November. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's super great move for him, uh, where he's going to sit behind Jackson Dart next year. The whole thing, and the big rumor is, is that the Howard family tried to push Brian Kelly to run Nussmeyer out of town. And wow. Yeah, that's 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 the word on the street is that the the Howards wanted Nusp out so that they they weren't upset that Jaden Daniels was going to be starting this year, but they did want an opportunity to like basically you're going to be the quarterback if he goes down and you're the quarterback next year. So BK is not running a Pop Warner football team. He's running a multi-million dollar program that needs to continue having talent coming in and 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 you know gives the team the best possibility to win so said no that's not how we run this program and now Walker Coward is going to be playing for the Ole Miss Black Bear slash Rebel so uh, I wish him nothing but the worst <laughs> I'm not one of, and, and you may say drunk neighbor you're, aren't you a little old to be Getting mad at a child for his decision? No, I don't think I am. Absolutely not. And I would fight you over that. Tick. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't give a shit. Fuck that kid. <laughs> he can. He can suck our dicks from behind. <laughs> Good night. Get out and don't ever come back to this campus except for whenever you get your ass whipping. Uh, in two years, I'm sure next year when we go to Ole Miss and throw you a beating, you'll enjoy that. You'll be watching it from the sideline like you would be if LSU if you were still at LSU. So enjoy the view. Uh, I, I just, I don't understand guys like this. Like, he is going to be sitting the bench next year at Ole Miss. He is not starting. There's also rumors that they're about to take the Oklahoma State quarterback. So that guy, Sanders, is going to start ahead of him. Easily. Even if Jackson Fart isn't ahead of him. So yeah. there's just, it, it's such a stupid move. It, it's, you downgrade it. Like, that is like working, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to make it. No it, analogy. It's, or, uh, it, it, well, what it is, it reminds me of kind of the mentality of today's generation. What is it, Z? And it's like I can't have my way now. I'll take my toys and go home. And the thing is, if the guy would just stick around, he's a legacy. He's 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 talented. You're gonna get your shot. Yeah. And not every person at LSU, if you go back and look, started as a freshman. When's the last time that's even happened? It hardly ever happened. Right. So clearly, at this university, you're gonna have to do your time, and the guys ahead of you are typically better at football. It's not that difficult, but, you know, guys like this, that his family's in his ear, and I think his dad's still pretty crazy, isn't he? I mean, I, I don't know, but I, it, yeah. I'm not, I, you know, get out of here. Nussmeier's better than him anyway, from what I've heard and what I've read, or I don't know. I'm sure he can't run as well as Walker or Crawler. I don't know. But. No, no, no doubt about it. And um, now Colin Hurley, uh, another commit that LSU has, has actually reclassified to come up a year. And I think it's it is like a trickle effect. So now we get a guy that is an actual five star that is going to come to campus not in 2023 but in 2024. So speeds up that process, gets that kid on campus a lot quicker. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're talking about depth because he was never going to see the field at LSU. There's not too many times that the sports antidote would put this much attention on a third-string quarterback. Oh, well. But we but we have to because it is a legacy at LSU, you know, that kind of thing, blah, blah. blah. No, this is this was on ticker number one. I saw it today at my buddy's house. Like, oh, I knew you knew already. So I was just, he's dead to me, like, Walker Coward. And uh, that's a great one. The only the only Walker that I recognize, though, is, is Walker, Texas Ranger. I think everybody knows that. And Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker as well. That's right. That's two. Bro Exotic doesn't recognize either of those, but we'll have to deal with him. Cannot win a runoff. No, can't win a runoff as a walker. That was a, I have to say, that was a good, Bro had a zinger there. He's yeah. got, he's got several. 
All right, so we went from the Tam. Oh yes, I know we're going to talk about a little bit here. So you sent me this text message. I was on the road in Tunica. I was up in North Mississippi. I almost swerved off the road in my rental. You almost indirectly killed me when you said that Bobby Petrino is taking his talents to College Station, Texas, with the Aggies. And I thought you were joking, but you were not. And I'm glad you weren't. What's your take on all this? You love a It's such low-hanging fruit. <laughs> it's almost too easy. I mean, like, are you going to take your motorcycle there, Bobby? Like, I, I just don't <laughs> understand the... the. I, so... The a and fans are confused. And as they should but, be. Right. They're not all, like, going crazy. I, I think that... I think most people thought they'd be like, yeah! They're kind of like, what? Another 90-year-old? Yeah, exactly. So you would have thought, <laughs> and, and what I was very, very worried about was that they would hire somebody like a Joe Brady, like a young offensive mind, to get in there and like revamp what they had on offense. Because frankly, their offense was garbage all year. They had a good night against LSU running the football. LSU didn't show up for that game, let's just be honest. And But Jimbo is like on his last leg there. And for him to just say, you know what, I'm down to my last fight. The bullet I'm going to put in this gun is going to be Bobby Petrino. Disgraced Bobby Petrino. Maybe he saw the almost upset against Arkansas. I think he was watching that game, dude. He saw him almost take down the pit boss and decided we're going we're gonna to hire this man. But it's just like it, it feels like he just cannot get out of his comfort level. Yeah. Like his comfort zone is just this old school offense. And Bobby Petrino was a great offensive mind in 2008. Now, we're, we're talking about 2023 now, and it's the same thing with Jimbo. Like, I, I just I feel like he's just bringing in somebody that's going to run his offense, and this could smell the end of, of A&M. And, and, and this being said, I did text you the other day saying that there's going to be, like, if we spend the offseason, like, really reviewing all the teams in the SEC that we may want to, like, take, you know, as futures, Texas A&M may actually have some value there. Because it is such a talented roster that you could say, you know what, they may actually come out and beat some teams this year. Let's see what happens over spring. They've gotten hit really hard with the transfer portal, so I'd like to really go through that roster and see what they're, they've got going. So just so that the A&M fans don't feel like I'm fully taking fully a shit on dumping them. on them. I do, but I don't understand that hire. Um, you would have thought that they would have gone after like – A&M, they have the money. They can go hire anybody. At least that's what their fan base tells me. Uh, You'd think they would go and do that. So, Bobby Petrino, hell of a hire. It's a very interesting hire. I couldn't believe it. Uh, And, you know, the memes, I mean, within seconds, the internet just exploded with, you know, neck brace memes and all this. And we all know, really, that that was all bullshit anyway, right? Really what happened, he just got his ass kicked by that girl's boyfriend or something. Isn't that kind of what we think? That's the word. Yeah, I, I just don't see the motorcycle thing really happening. Either way, what a stupid story if they did make it up. They could have collaborated something a little more intelligent uh, than that. But, you know, it's Bobby Petrino. I do love that he came out in the neck brace, though. That's, that was pretty sick. That's like, uh, yeah. that's some Vince McMahon stuff I right know, there. Man, right? It's really, I wish that Dave Chappelle was still doing those sketch. I feel, I feel like that would have made its way onto a sketch comedy at some point. Uh, yeah, most most definitely. So... You know, we have these NFL balls. Did I miss anything here? I don't want to... No, I, I, the only other thing I would say is that it was very interesting to me to see um, Kendall Bryles move on and leave Arkansas to take the TCU job after Riley went and took the job at Clemson. So, 
I guess when uh, Clemson, Debo, saw that he could get a guy from Texas Christian University, he sprinted at the opportunity to hire Riley. So that was great for them. Uh, and then, in turn, <laughs> now Arkansas has to fill that offensive coordinator role now that Kendall Browles is gone. That was actually kind of a surprise to me. I, I, don't, I don't know that TCU is a better job than Arkansas. Basically, neither one of them is ever going to win a national title. I think we learned that a couple nights ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, maybe right now TCU is just because they're they're going to be ranked high and they they might find their way back in if they can run it. But yeah, after after what we saw, I think they had their they hey look man you got there it was great slap on the ass nice hustle you lost by a hundred uh, you know sorry thanks for coming out yeah well Jack Besh enjoy your new offensive coordinator you're not even getting <laughs> the one that you want can't get out of here without Jack Besh I can't get Jack. out of here without talking about the. All these St. Thomas More kids. So uh, he lost the Tennessee game in the first couple seconds. That was that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. In an Atlanta airport in the Sky Lounge, not drinking free alcohol. I had to watch that idiot fumble a ball off his knee. Thanks a lot. Asshole. I watched it sweating my ass off in Tiger Stadium. Yes, so. you did. Yes, you did. So I do want to talk some playoffs with you before we, we jump off here. So You wanna talk playoffs? Yeah, man. Crack a nut. There it is. Yes. So in the NFC, obviously you know the Giants playing the Eagles. You got Dallas going to San Fran. So let's start with the NFC first. What what do you think is going to happen, and or what do you want to see? Happen? I like Daniel Jones. I like him too. I'm a fan, and I think he's gotten shit on since day one. And uh, when he came out of Duke, uh, I I was like, yeah, he gets pretty good. Now. He didn't draft himself at number six or whatever. You wouldn't. It was. You wouldn't know that though, right? But you know, it's all his fault for sure. for impressing the scouts and getting moved up and, and getting drafted there. <laughs> and all the kids done is like take ass whipping after ass whipping under horrible coach. Now they got Dable there, and it seems like they actually got something together. And can we talk about something real quick? The epidemic that was throughout football, where on fourth down people were going from the shotgun into. They decided to go under center yeah. and sneak the ball on fourth and inches multiple times in that game. And every time they did it, they got the first down. So it's really not that difficult of a play. So hopefully they get in that situation as they play Philly. It's going to be very interesting to see how they match up against Hurts. Um, I don't know what the spread is, but I, I kind of like the Giants going into Philly. Yeah, they're getting like eight and a half, nine. I don't think there's anything in double digits. Uh, if Jacksonville is not getting double digits in Kansas City, you wouldn't do that. Kind of a similar thing. I think Kansas City, obviously, a little more scary with Mahomes. Um, but Mahomes. yeah, I'll be rooting for New York, of course. And then on the other side, Dallas goes out to play San Fran with a guy that just intentionally missed four PATs because he had the under. Everybody knows this. I know you didn't have a chance to see that whole thing, but that certainly could cloud the waters, you know? Yeah, it's like uh, old boy Ramos at LSU just decided he just wasn't very good at kicking and just kept shanking balls left just, and right. Just I keep mean, missing. Yeah. Uh, we had Chuck Knobloch on this podcast once upon a time, and they called that the yips. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that is not what's going on with that kid. It's hard to trust in a team without it. But he did make his last one, so he's on a hot streak. Hey, man, he left on a winner. I, I, I thought McCarthy was trolling him. I, I was like, he's going to miss five. Uh, it's unbelievable. How was, would you like to have the over in that game? Oh, my God. But Bro Exotic actually did. And he, I'm sure you'll be hearing about Not on the podcast. I think he had it as a personal bet, <laughs> 45 and a half. Um, of course, everyone knows you just buy that to 44 and you win by half. It's so easy. I'm just kidding. But on the other side of the fence, well, my, my point is this. If you have the Niners and you're worried about an extra point, 
you might have to kick like a 41-yard field goal on fourth and six. And if that's not an option, I'm not sure what the hell you're going to do. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't. I'd bring another kicker with me. I'd sign somebody right now, get someone off special teams, and figure out a way to have two people that can kick on that plane right out there. But anyway, that's just me. So in the AFC, then we have the Chefs. Are playing the Trevor Lawrence's. Who are the chefs? Oh, great googly moogly. Gonna <laughs> be somewhere for a while. You think that Jacksonville can hang with, or is the party just coming to an end here? No, why not? I mean, Kansas City is not the unbeatable team no. that I think we've seen the last few years. I, I, I don't see why not. I, I like Doug Peterson, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe the Saints should have hired him instead of the homosexual we have. Should have listened to you a long time. I agree with all that. The stupid team in New Orleans and their gay coach, and then uh, with. The, the one that I know you want to speak of to more, and the one that's not really being talked about yet to me is the most interesting. The Bengals are going to play the Bills again, right? And the last time this happened, we all know what happened. Couldn't finish the game, Hamlin and all this. But do you think that... So why is this game being played in Buffalo is the real question because... I, I think it's in Mexico. No, it's in Buffalo. It is in Buffalo? So if... Yikes. They win and uh, the Chiefs win, then they're going to do the AFC Championship in Atlanta uh, because neither of them truly won the first seed because of the way that it, it all worked out. That's so stupid. That's ridiculous. Because the bang, the Bengals get screwed in all of this. Oh, they, you, they're going to lose, lose, lose. Because they have to go play in Buffalo. And what did they do? Nobody on their team's heart stopped beating. No, and they were winning. I hate to say it. Look, you can't downplay that. We're not downplaying it. I I will downplay it. Yeah, no. Because he's alive and well. He's above ground. We don't have to worry about it. And and you know what? I understand. This war against football, I'm so fucking tired of the war on football. Like, yes, that happened. You know what? Nurses and doctors see people die every day and then have to go right back to work. And I'm not saying that they should have continued the game, but the Bengals shouldn't be punished for. That no. like th- that game. This game should be at a neutral site. It shouldn't be in Buffalo. If they're going to do the neutral site for them against Kansas City, then why wouldn't they do it for this round? That's the only real problem I have. That being said, I actually really like Josh Allen. I kind of like yeah, the Bills. Too. They have Trey White from LSU. Uh, the Bengals, of course. I love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh, but I, well, what's the spread on that game? Yeah, like four and a half. The really the yeah. Bills are favored. The Bills are, yeah, they're at home. They're definitely favorite. How do I not know that off the top of my head? I'll tell you right now. But I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's pretty short either way. The Bills haven't really been down the stretch. The Bills, I mean, look, they're still winning. But it wasn't these, these wins we were expecting for them to just start mashing people. And I love Josh Allen, but he is a little turnover prone. He's turned the ball over a lot this year. A lot of fumbles. Yeah. Uh, so it's really going to be difficult to gauge that. Uh, let's see. Yes, here. So, yeah, it's up to five. Opened up at four and a half. Oh, people are betting the Bills. That's pretty standard. Take the Bengals. Yeah, I don't know how you take it. Yeah, you got to take the dog there. Oh, the Giants is down to seven and a half, opening up at nine. So the Giants get a little sharp action there. And then Kansas City. I mean, I'm pretty sure that every casino in North America will be rooting for Jacksonville. I can almost <laughs> tell you that right now. Uh, that'd be great. And especially if they were to outright win. Like a lot of things, that, not to talk about it too much, but these casinos hold on to these massive liabilities with future Super Bowl wagers. So, like, when one of these big guys goes down, they just start, like, touching each other. They're like, oh! Because the minute that happens, like, no one has Jacksonville. And the one guy that does will win, like, 10000 As opposed to someone that puts, like, 10000 like the guy that bet on uh, Joe Burrow to win the Heisman. That was a... You, God damn it. You, you know what? That's the one that got away. 
We talked about it. And I was that's looking why at, we're going to take Jaden Daniels this offseason. I'm in. I'm never going to. Yes. I, I was, oh, when he won it, I just couldn't believe I was. And that's why we're taking Jackson Dart to win that. Jackson Dart. That's a great one. Nice, nice name. Yeah. Loser. So, anything you want to add before we roll out? It's a pretty good rip there. Drunk no, game. I'm very excited about uh, we're going in the spring. Spring practices here very soon for the Tiger football program. Uh, LSU baseball, just want to, I'm not going to do an LSU baseball rip on a weekly basis because I don't want to bore you all to death, but number one in the country preseason. There's a couple of kids on this team. Dylan Cruz is going to be the number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft. Has the sickest flow, just a great mullet. It's just incredible. Just unbelievable lettuce. Paul Skennis, the pitcher that it just transferred from the Air Force, so he has set it up to where he does not have to serve overseas. Uh, by coming to LSU, he is now he's going to be a top five pick yeah. as well as a pitcher. They're calling him Otani E A U X because he hits and pitches. That's going to be very exciting. So if you're in the Louisiana area, there's a lot to be excited about as far as this baseball season. Crawfish season is right around the corner. It's coming, man. You know, uh, the the inflation hits crawfish farmers more than anybody. Even though they'll have a a 2028 F. 650 pulling up to your house whenever they drop those crawfish off. Oh, it's but, a racket. It's oh. the worst. <laughs> we'll talk about that one day, Crawfish Gate, and how every year it's, we're losing our ass over here. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. You have six houses. Scumbags. Yeah, they're all terrible. All right, we'll jump David. Let's see what happens in these playoffs and keep us keep us in the, in the know on the LSU stuff, and we'll probably see you next week. Let's do it. Thanks, Brody. Go Tigers. Thanks to the drunk neighbor coming on here and talking about Walker Coward. The NFL playoffs, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Be sure and follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Reach out, touch your brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Remember, when it comes to that glass jaw, you young sales guys, I'm talking to you at entry level. One day, this is going to be on your shoulders. You're going to have a really difficult quota to attain. Things are not going to go your way. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I tell you what you don't want to do is hand in your two weeks or get put on a pip or step out or get fired. You're going to have to go to war. Only way to do that is to man the F up and don't get caught with that glass jaw. Work on this, man, so when it comes in front of you, you know how to deal with it. God damn it, just like the Bengals and the Bills, or even more so the Jacksonville Jaguars having to deal with Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead and Andy Reid. Those guys are good at football. We'll see what happens. Who knows? 86, 68, and 1. Six and two plays of the year. Danny Feltz is feeling it. Going into the NFL playoffs and into the divisional rounds here and then the respected championships. We'll see you guys next week. Keep it real. Anadotions.